0: This is the Core Life Training Podcast with Jeff Olson. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for checking out the Core Life Training Podcast. This is the preseason, episode number two. So that voice that you heard at the beginning introducing this episode is the voice of Emily Wagner. She is a person that I've known since she was in college. She met her husband at my church in a small group that my wife and I were leading at the time, and I had the privilege of doing their wedding about 10 years ago or so. She is a great wife, a killer mom. She's also a communications and marketing consultant, and she works with the owners of small businesses to help you develop a written and a visual brand that really expresses and showcases your personality, your strengths, and the things that you're passionate about. I'm gonna leave a link to her in the show notes below. Uh, it's not an affiliate link. I make zero dollars on the thing. I just want to help a friend out. She does great work. She's super talented and super bright. And if you are a small business owner looking for some help in the areas of marketing and communications, I would definitely recommend the work that she does. So thanks, M, for the intro. And uh, if you want to have your voice heard on the Core Life Training Podcast, you can send me an intro. All you have to do is Record a voice memo of you saying the intro to the podcast. That is, this is the Core Life Training Podcast with Jeff Olson. Say it how you like it. Say it how you would say it. You can be funny. You can be silly. You can yell it. You can use your monster truck voice. That's fine. Uh, Just say it the way you would say it and then email that to me at jeff at corelifetraining.org and we will feature it on an upcoming episode. All right, you guys, so it's election season, and I don't know about you, but my Facebook feed has just been filled with political nonsense for months now. And, like, uh, I really feel like we should just admit that Facebook is the worst possible forum for discussing anything intelligently, uh, whether it's po- politics or religion or anything like that. I really think that we just need to stick to, like, family vacations and pictures of your kid's fifth birthday. And what food you're eating for dinner tonight, and stuff like that. Like I I love seeing those updates. But in terms of anything intelligent politically, let's just admit that that's not working. Uh, so it's been tempting to step in and try to set some things straight. But I, so far, I think I've resisted pretty well, uh, staying out of out of the mess on Facebook. But um, many of you actually have asked uh, like my thoughts about politics and uh, for a biblical perspective on things like the election or a biblical or theological perspective on government, or social issues, and things like that. And since you all asked, and since it is that season, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it to you. And in this episode, what you're going to get is the beginning of the one and only message I've ever given on politics. It comes from uh, a sermon I gave in the fall of 2008. This was just before uh, President Obama was elected. And it really felt like, if you remember back then, it really felt like our country was at a turning point. And uh, for some people, Obama's message of yes, we can was a message of hope. And for some people, that was uh, a scary scary thought of where our country might be headed. Uh, It's interesting, listening back, the issues that we were facing then are shockingly, shockingly the exact same. Uh, As we face today, and if I didn't tell you this was from 2008, you wouldn't you wouldn't know it. Uh, What you're going to get in this episode is part one, and I'm going to deal with the problem that we're facing in America. There really is only one problem; it's a core problem. Uh, There's a million symptoms to it that we all can talk about and and identify, but really, there's one core problem, and that's what we're going to deal with in this episode. In the next episode, I'll give you part two. Uh, where we deal with what is not the solution to that problem. And then in the third episode, I'm going to give you part three, which is the biblical solution to the problem that we're facing. As always, I'm pretty honest and I'm pretty direct, and I will cut biblically to the core of the problem in our country, and I'll show you from Scripture what the one simple solution to all our trouble is. Uh, It really is the one solution that gives me hope, not only for our country, but for the whole world. And I trust that you'll find um, some personal opinions in here to disagree with, and that's totally fine with me. Uh, I think you'll know when I'm giving you biblically and theologically solid analysis, and I hope that in the end that you're challenged to be the solution that our country and our world needs. So grab a Bible, a notebook, and your drink of choice, and buckle up. Let's get down to business. All right, you ready to roll? Pete, why don't you give me a sermon title, and we'll let everybody have a chance here. Let it sink in. Go ahead. Go ahead. It's not a problem. I'm not phased by it. Keep going. Any, anybody else? What about from this side? Anything over here? You guys don't care? Just like, we're leaving? that. The Problem with America and the Solution for Change. That's right. Welcome to the one, excuse me, the one political sermon in the previous four years and in the next four years that you're going to get at Coram We'll see if you'll get it. Excuse me. If my throat doesn't fall out, that'd be bad. That'd be horrifying, you know, like just... Medic! Thankfully, there's a few nurses here. Yeah, the problem with America and the solution that's needed for change. Well, we are coming up on an election now, aren't we? Uh, Hooray! I can see you're motivated, all of you. Fired up. Uh, Let me just start with some assumptions here. You may share them, you may not. You should share them, uh, I think. You don't have to. Uh, I'll start with this statement. I believe this fully. America is a wreck. Thank you. Thank you very much. America's in really rough shape right now. Uh, you needn't do much other than turn on the news in the morning or the evening. Uh, hit your, you know, your Google News or MSNBC.com, or maybe you get it on like a blog feed or something like that. Like you just, all you have to do is look at a headline on the newspaper as you're walking by the stand and the whole thing is just a mess right? uh, and it sort of doesn't matter what your political opinion is that's the truth so you can be a hardcore Republican a staunch Democrat a ferocious independent you can be from the green party the orange party the purple party or the chartreuse party You shouldn't be from that party, but you can. And if you can't see that America is in real difficult circumstances, either you're not paying attention, you're not being intellectually honest, or you're just really deficient in some way, shape, or form. I'm not really sure. Okay? It's a wreck, it's a wreck financially. It's a wreck morally. It's a wreck politically. In other words, our system is built to be a lowest common denominator system, right? It's whatever most of us can agree to, which is usually the lowest common denominator. That's why nobody with any real ideas can ever lead this country. Because they can never get them past. Because we always got to go by what everybody, or at least the most people, agreed to. I don't need to prove that our country's a wreck. All you got to do is just take a look at the headlines. Uh, And the election's coming up, and here's how political season goes in the church, okay? And this, you may be reacting, some of your reactions may be because of this. Uh, Historically, at least over the last 40 years, starting mostly in the early 70s, uh, the church, the evangelical conservative church which believes in some conservative moral stands, like we're against things like abortion, and uh, there's sort of moral things in America that we want uh, in place. Uh, Well, the, the conservative church really married the Republican Party because it's the party that best represented the moral stands that we wanted to take in the world. Okay, so for the last 40 years, that's kind of been the truth. And if you're younger, I mean, maybe if you're older, you feel this way, If you're younger, you take a look at the corruption in the Republican Party and you think to yourself, well, I guess I'm pro-life for sure. I'm for that, but I'm not for everything else the Republican Party stands for. Now what do I do? Right? And so maybe you've been frustrated with the church that's in bed with the Republican Party or married to the Republican Party because it seems a little two-faced. Like on the one hand, we want to be against some... Uh, wrong moral issues. On the other hand, you know we're for let's well we're not, but the Republican Party is for a financial system that is really not equitable and fair to everyone. It really rewards people that are ambitious and what are the, what are the great American words we use? Um, ambitious and uh, pioneering and greedy. Oh, sorry, we wouldn't use we wouldn't use greedy. And so what's happening nowadays? is uh, the emerging church, young Christians. Take a look at that and say, that's not right. It shouldn't be that way. And so we're rejecting marriage with the Republican Party. And we're for, yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're pro-life. We, we believe in life for sure. But we also believe in other important things, like equity and justice in our country, like education and health care and things like that that traditionally Democrats have been stronger on. And so young Christians are really abandoning or rejecting the marriage to the Republican Party and are, you know, marrying the Democratic Party because it sort of best represents those other forms of interest, things that are important, like justice for all people, taking care of the poor, educating people, all those kinds of things. Okay? So you see the problem immediately. We've abandoned one marriage to jump in on another marriage And maybe you're young or old, and you're taking the approach that uh, many people in my dad's generation are taking. They've been through decades of this stuff, and they go, you know, none of it matters anyway. It doesn't matter who we vote for. They're all a bunch of clowns. It doesn't matter who we vote for. Nothing really changes. It doesn't matter who we vote for. Special interests actually get their way. You know, corrupt and greedy people, and then nothing changes, so forget the whole thing. Okay? Okay. So you saw the problem with America and the solution for change. And some of you young people were like, oh, I can't believe we're going to talk about politics. Why? Because you were worried that we were going to say, now get out there and vote. And if we just vote, we can change the country, right? And oh, by the way, vote Republican. And you didn't want want to hear me say that. Maybe you're just going, look, none of that really matters. Oh, like maybe, uh, maybe you're like some people I know who take a look at the candidates that are out there and you think to yourself we've searched the length and the breadth of this great land and this is it uh, this is the best this great country this is the greatest nation in history and this is it are you yeah like, are you some people that i know think this are you joking me this is it wow i could probably go out Uh, I don't know, I could go up to Estacada and turn over a rock and probably find something that might be a little bit more helpful. That's what some people I know think. That's what some people I know think. So you may be thinking to yourself, none of this is helpful. It doesn't, Republican, Democrat, Green, Independent, none of it matters, none of it's helpful, and maybe you're just opting out of the thing altogether. It's important as we face times like this and an election like this, and all this stuff, that we are clear about the problem so that we can be clear about the solution. So right now it's campaign time, and everybody's offering solutions. And one week they're offering one that they think will do well in the polls, and the next week they uh, switch it out and offer another one, and they both want to say the same option, but one's somehow way better than the other. I don't don't know. So everybody's offering solutions for change, but before we get to solutions for change, we have to understand what? The problem first. Because if you don't know the problem, you may apply the wrong solution. So you go to the doctor, and you go, Doctor, my leg, my leg hurts. Right? And he looks your leg over and feels it up and down, and kind of goes, yeah, can you bend your knee? I, oh, ow, it hurts when I bend my knee. Oh, all right, man, I think your leg's broken. And he slaps that baby up with a cast, you know, and just plasters it all up. You're supposed to go have your friends sign it and stuff like that. But if what you really have is a tumor in one of your bones, a cancerous tumor in your bone, a cast isn't gonna solve the problem. So to be very clear about diagnosing the problem so that we can apply and develop the appropriate solution to the thing. And I'll tell you tonight, and this I can, I'll prove it to you from Scripture: the problem with America is not bad government. Oh, there's plenty of bad government to go around. The problem is not bad government. The problem is not financial bad financial policies, although there's plenty of that to go around. The problem is not bad foreign policy, although there's plenty of that to go around. All of that stuff is a symptom. Of the problem, you know what I'm saying? Those are all symptoms. There's a, there's a problem, all right, and it just shows up in all that kind of stuff. But those things are not the problem. They are simply the system. And if we don't, or the symptom. And if we don't get down to the root of the problem, we keep treating, what, symptoms? And never actually fix the stuff. So let's talk first about The problem. And then uh, we'll talk about the solution and where we should go from here. The problem is not bad government, bad financial policies, bad foreign policy. The problem is found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6. Some of you already knew where we were going with this. The Lord created the heavens and the earth... He created a garden and he put a man in there and then he put a woman in there to be a helper for him and he said listen you guys uh to the man he said all of this is good for you this one tree over here it's bad for you just listen to me and trust me okay it's a very simple system not a lot of rules and regulations just when i talk you listen and you trust that what i say is the very best thing okay and it'll all be fine And in Genesis chapter 3, we read the story of how the woman shows up, and she's in the garden, and a serpent comes along that can talk. I know, it's all miraculous and stuff. And he deceives the woman. He says, oh, hey, man, the Lord didn't say you can't have any of these trees. She said, no, 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 we can have all of them, just this one. We can't can't eat it or touch it, or we'll die. And he says, no, 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 the Lord's a lion. You won't die. He's a liar. You can't trust him. And he said, you know, the truth is, he's trying to keep good things from you. He knows that if you eat it, you'll be like him. You'll be able to decide what's good and bad for yourself. You don't have to listen to him and trust him. You don't have to love God and trust him and honor him. You can love you and trust you and honor you. Wouldn't that be great? Wouldn't that be awesome? You think, boo. And in Genesis chapter 3, verse 6, the whole of humanity was plunged into the problem that we're experiencing right now. The woman said, aha, that's right, Lord, I won't love you, I won't trust you, I won't glorify you, I'll love me, trust me, and glorify me, and so she took of the fruit, and she ate it, and her fool husband was standing right there, she gave some to him, and he went for it too, and immediately at that moment, the human heart, which was meant to love God above all things, turned inward, and began to love what? itself turned inward the problem with humanity and therefore the problem with our society is not bad policies and bad politics those are symptoms the real problem is the bad heart of man the heart of man is bad it doesn't love god above all things it doesn't love its neighbor as itself it's turned inward it's self-oriented it exalts itself Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. This is like just right before the whole Noah story. Noah and the ark and the flood. Man had uh, increased on the earth. They got together, married each other, had babies, and now there's lots of people. And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth. Okay, that's behavior. Lots of bad behavior going on. And that every intent of the thought of his heart was what? What does your text say? Only evil all the time. Boy, not a lot of wiggle room there. What's the problem in Genesis 6? The heart of man is the problem. Oh, yeah, lots of symptoms, lots of wickedness in the earth. But the problem is in the heart of man. Now, if you flip over, just flip a bunch to the right, over to 2 Timothy. Yeah, that's way over. Just trust me, it's way over there. It's in the New Testament, it's towards the back of your Bible. 2 Timothy chapter 3. If you don't know where it is, uh, God made tables of contents for you. Just look at it. Very helpful. Now, tables of contents are a good thing. I don't assume you know where Genesis or 2 uh, Timothy is. That's all right. I didn't either before I started reading the Bible. It's all right. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 4. But realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. Why? Because men will be, come on, somebody help me out in the scriptures here. Men will be what? Lovers of self. Lovers of self. Whoa. Whoa. You mean I'm, I'm pretty invested in me, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean all people are really invested in themselves, huh? Mm-hmm. They'll be lovers of self instead of God. Lovers of money. That's called greedy boastful, arrogant, revilers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, irreconcilable. It's, in other words, we have a big divide and nobody can bring the two together again. Malicious gossips without self-control, brutal, uh, brutal haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. What's the problem Paul is talking about in the first century, you'd think he was walking around 21st century America. The problem is in the heart of man. The man is a lover of self and a lover of pleasure, not a lover of God or a lover of his neighbor. That's the problem. In Mark chapter 7, uh, Jesus himself says, the problem rests securely and squarely in the heart of man. Matthew cha- uh, sorry, Mark chapter 7, verses 21 to 23. So Jesus is having a discussion about food and uh, all the sort of the Jewish dietary laws and you know what food can make you unclean and what can't make you unclean. And he says in verse 18, "Don't you understand that like whatever goes into the man from outside can't defile him? It's really not about food. Because it doesn't go into what? His heart. It goes into his stomach and is eliminated. Rated G. And he was saying, that which proceeds out of the man, that is what defiles the man. For within, out of what? Out of the heart. Here we go. Out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts and fornications and thefts and murders And adulteries and deeds of coveting and wickedness, as well as deceit and sensuality, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these evils are symptoms, and they proceed out of what? The heart of man. So you see, we have a financial crisis in this uh, country, not primarily because of Republican financial policies, or lack of controls over wall street deregulation we have a financial crisis in this country because people are greedy they're greedy you see that people want money for no work well we'll sell paper and idea you know we'll sell the idea that you have money and we'll trade you these papers and it's all I don't have to go to work They're greedy. We want a lot for no work, so let's make a system that produces that for us. Now, maybe it's a fine system. With good-hearted people, it could go well. The problem is men are greedy. They want houses that they can't afford, and someone wants to make money off of people that can't afford houses, so they give them crappy loans. That's because people are greedy. Corruption in our country is not about the Republican Party or the Democratic Party, it's about integrity. So there's corruption in our society at all levels because people have no integrity. That's, that's a heart issue, not a party affiliation issue. Prisons are overcrowded, not because of bad uh, penal, uh, penal uh, codes, not because of bad tax policies and whether we're building enough prisons or not educating a... Prisons are overcrowded because people want to commit crimes, and that's a heart problem. I mean, I could just go on and on and on. People want to fly planes into our buildings, not because of George W. Bush, but because they are evil and want to murder people. And you can say, well, man, we, like, we do all kinds of bad things to them, and all." am like, yeah, it's, that's fine. And we do all kinds of bad things in other countries because we have bad-hearted people. So I can, should I just carry on or are we good? You, got, you all got it? We got it. I was going to go into STDs and divorce and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we'll stay there. Very good. The podcaster's like, what was that? The comment was, we have 11-year-olds here, so we'll just park it right there. So you see what I'm saying? The problem in this country is not a political problem first. Oh, there's one all right. It's a heart problem first. And if it's not a political problem, then the solution is not going to be a what? Political solution worked out through laws and legis- legislation. All right, thanks for checking out this episode of the Core Life Training Podcast. Here's a few ways that you can connect with us and support what we're doing. Uh, First, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast service. If you dig it, leave us a review and tell the world why. You can also go to the website, corelifetraining.org, and join the email list. We'll keep you up to date on the podcast, upcoming live events, and send you bonus material now and then as well. You can also hit the core life training facebook page and like it you can follow us on twitter at core life trainer and if you're into the podcast and it's helping you know god and his word better please spread the word to your friends pass us along and let other people know what's going down also keep an eye out for upcoming core life training classes in your area or available online all right that's it for this episode thanks again for listening i'm jeff olson and i teach the bible check you later